All right, today's 31st episode of the Town Mile podcast is brought to you by, once again, our great friend Marcus Versace. Marcus is the owner, the proprietor of one of the best bars in the city, Devil's Pocket Food and Spirits, located at 2425 Grace Ferry Avenue. Looking for a place to watch the Sixers? Looking for the place to watch the Flyers? Looking for a spot to go in and talk heavy metal? There's not a better dude in the city. Marcus and his staff have a great menu. They got a full bar selection and uh, always a great time. Tomorrow's Friday. Looking for something to do tomorrow after work? They got you covered for dinner. Go get yourself uh, get yourself a cocktail. Have a nice weekend. A good start to the weekend. And uh, tell them the town mile sent you. That's Devil's Pocket in Philly, PA. So really excited to get this one out. I think uh, this was something that I was always in my in my mind. Uh, I guess in my heart, I've wanted to do. That is a podcast about Nirvana. Never mind. So a couple months ago, Matt had a uh, an idea. He wanted me to listen to an album as kind of an older guy. Um, compared to you know what some of the younger kids are listening to, what do they call them? The quote unquote millennials, or well, whatever you want to say about it. We did uh, Travis Scott album a few months ago. I had a blast doing it. I think it opened up a uh, some great conversation about just music and I think the importance of you know knowing what you like and being inspired by it and kind of uh, how it can get you going and uh, be a part of kind of the soundtrack. Uh, for for a human's human's existence, but tonight we did the same thing with Nirvana. Nevermind. Matt sat down, uh, took some time today, and went through the whole thing. Had some great notes. I was uh, it was awesome. Uh, he was kind of a dude after my own heart, um, and uh, we had about about fifty minutes of Nirvana. Nevermind talk. Yesterday was the fifty. What would have been the fifty second birthday for Kurt Cobain. Um, which we kind of talked like that's not really that old. Um, obviously, he passed, it took his own life at the age of 27. Um, but we talked about Nirvana Nevermind. I think there's a few things that I get really jacked about, <laughs> you know, some sports stuff. But I think to me, you know, Nirvana is a, is a pretty important kind of phenomenon in, uh, in my, I guess, generation, you know, kids my age or dudes my age that were growing up as kids. Um, so it was a blast to sit down, get his take on it, and uh, talk about Nirvana Nevermind. So with further, no further ado, let's get it going. Thanks for listening. I just got a notification that Town Mile started a live video. That's good. They, good they know it's good this fast. Keeping, that's good you're keeping tabs. A- Apple 
Apple knows this fast. Well, <laughs> cheers, dude. Cheers. It to is uh, Thursday. Thursday, February 21st, 2019. Um, doesn't really matter what time it is. It's 826 for those keeping score. But it's uh, the 31st Town Mile podcast. We're here at the, at the Scioli Flat. Guy's got a nice pad here. Thanks, bro. We've got two things. We've done two podcasts here. One has been great, and then the yeah. other one was not so great. But yeah. so we're here for the third installment. <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a while. I haven't done one in a few weeks. It has been. So it's good to get the get the band back together. But I'm excited about this one. I think uh, I honestly got a lot of really nice calls um, and texts from the last time we did this when we talked about. You basically gave me an album and said listen to this let's talk about it with yeah. uh travis scott astroderm mm-hmm. astrodome astro world astro world i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i'm almost, I'm almost 40 dude the there. <laughs> that's the, the most 40 year old mistake i think i could make <laughs> uh, astrodome okay. um well now excited we're gonna do nirvana Nevermind. Yeah. so a couple things have happened yesterday was kurt cobain's birthday he would have been 52 years old, um, obviously. This is, yeah, this is uh, our tribute to Kurt Cobain. Yep, I like it. Say, I right? like it. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. 52 doesn't sound that old. No. He wouldn't old. be that old, really. He died at 27, right? Yeah, he was 27 years old. Yeah. Um, it's been well documented, his, uh, his kind of demise. But just some background on Nirvana. Um, I mean, let's get right into it. We just get right into it. What do you? I was just some background on Nirvana. They were formed in 1987 in Aberdeen, Washington, and uh, Aberdeen, Washington is. I've been there a couple times. It's like a, a beach community mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awful. Like <laughs> except it's windy as shit, rains all the time. Yeah. Like the beach, you can't really be out. So my experience of being at the the beach in Aberdeen um, was. You can't even go outside. It's so windy, just, just rainy. Terrible, just yeah. wasn't like a good, mm-hmm. just kind of a kind of a logging community. But him and uh, Chris Novoselic started Nirvana in 1987. They had a bunch of random drummers for a little bit. Um, one was Chad Channing, and they recorded Bleach with Chad Channing. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to see Chad Channing around Seattle quite a bit, and yeah. I'd always want to like go talk to him yeah. like introduce myself but then it was like hey man like what happened what happened did they <laughs> the did you get replaced yeah who replaced you oh dave Grohl dave did Grohl, <laughs> yeah. did they make what was it oh, they make any records still oh <laughs> never mind like, yeah i remember like um i mean this was a few years ago but like vh1 would do <clears throat> you know those behind this behind the musics or whatever and they did one on courtney love and i watched it and they documented like their relationship. And yeah. I saw like <clears throat> Dave Grohl was part of Nirvana. I'm like, holy shit, really? Like, I never knew that. And oh, okay. Was, you know, that was, you know, a while ago when I was in my, like, I was a teenager, but that, I was like, wow, Dave Grohl was in yeah. Nirvana. I never knew that. So, it's like, yeah. a cool, cool thing for me to find out. Yeah, that was basically like a, like, I guess the, the thing I think about in terms of living in Seattle and being around that experience was these guys. Like being from Aberdeen, um, these are like real, like starving musicians in like the Aberdeen Olympic Seattle area that were like 24, 24, 23, however old they were. 
like I knew these guys. Like not these guys, but I knew people like, like that. Like, like those that. were friends of mine, like <clears throat> still to this day that were involved in that music scene playing in like the blue moon, playing in clubs and places where these guys played. And that's what it always kind of blew my mind about this whole thing is that these dudes were like, I, I knew these people. Like, it's just like, my God, you know, I don't know if Jared Nelson's listening, but I always thought of like Jared Nelson was kind of plugged in yeah. the same right now, the same kind of scene. And even back then that these guys were like, these were just young dudes that basically all of a sudden it just kind of became a cultural phenomenon. Like the, the album Nevermind was, they, they basically had a, like Bleach was an, a great record already. The, the album they did before Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Great songs, like, but it just was, you know, sounded very like a demo. They recorded it for like six hundred dollars. Yeah, and then Sub Pop, the label. I mean, this is kind of a long. I don't even know if I need to get into like Sub Pop. Well, go ahead, no, go ahead. But basically, they they bring in like Dave Grohl was in this band Scream from Virginia, like this really hardcore band, and he just would apparently just beat the piss out of his drum kit. Like, it was tight, like, loved John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So he would just hammer the shit out of his kit. Mm-hmm. Like, pound it, like, the note, but it, it was loud, but he was just a great drummer. And somehow they got Dave Grohl to be the drummer, you know, of Nirvana. And then they had songs for, for Nevermind and uh, kind of went all in and went to Los Angeles to, to record it. I don't know if it was Sound City or where they were at. I don't think it was Sound City, but got Butch Vig, who... Um, Butch Vig was a producer also of, like, Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. Just kind of a... Green he day. was in Garbage. In the band Garbage. Yeah, yeah I think he produced, he produced Green Day some too. Green Day albums. But basically yeah. kind of conned Kurt Cobain into doing things like layering songs, like layering the sound, meaning like record a voice track, like, like in bloom, the heads of one who likes, but got him to lay, he didn't want to layer. So they would record like 10 tracks of that. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, it sounds really cool, really echoey, really full. And the way he got to do that, he was like, look, John Lennon did this. And Kurt Cobain was just a huge John Lennon fan and was basically like, you know, he'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want to layer this much. It's like, dude, hey, unimagined. Like, on, he would pull John Lennon albums out and be like, well, John Lennon did it, and he would be like, okay, and would get him to, yeah, to so do that. Because what I read today was that, don't this never mind was their second album, and then they had hired uh, Butch Vig, and then it just sounded so much better, yeah, and so much more well produced, yeah. Than their first album was. Yeah. And it was because of because of Butch Vig. <laughs> and there's a crazy... I've seen this clip where Chris Novoselic is talking about... So that when they recorded the song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know, the now iconic... Yeah. Like, he got... They got a call, like, the, that morning... Or the next morning after doing it really early. And it was Butch saying... You guys gotta fucking get in here and listen to this. Yeah, like, this is this is, and you know, I don't think they thought. I just thought they was like, this sounds, this is really amazing. It sounds great. So right, he said, yeah. yeah. So then they get there and he cranks it up in the studio and they're like, wow, this is a rocking song. Like yeah, yeah. I don't think they really <laughs> saw it as this. They kind of his words were like, you know, we thought this was kind of a Pixies ripoff a little bit, but just to be to become that, just to be these dudes that go lay this down to kind of all of a sudden become the iconic basically single-handedly kind of ended hair metal 
I ended shitty hair metal. I, I wrote that down. I wrote that that um, in '94, Cobain had a Kurt Cobain had an interview with um, Rolling Stone, and he said this is he's trying to write an ultimate pop song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because right. he's basically trying to rip off the Pixies. Yeah, and because he liked the, sure. he loved yeah. the Pixies so mm-hmm. much that he wanted to like make a song. Like like they would make, and sure. this is what came out. This like kind of start quiet, yeah, yeah. and then expl- you know build, and then explode in the yeah. chorus, and then quiet again, yeah, and yeah. build and explode, and so kind of followed that first formula. So how did you do it? What, you, your notes, so, so what do you got for smells like? So I wrote down just like track one. Um, so I'll, uh, pretty much all the information I got because I don't really know anything about <laughs> Nirvana, not not as much as Joe does. Um, so I researched. A lot of stuff today. I got all my info basically from Genius.com, which is an awesome website. If you want to learn about lyrics and about the songs and yeah. albums and stuff, so I went on there. Um, that uh, Kathleen Hanna from the band Bikini Kill, yep, came up with the the phrase "Kurt smells like Teen Spirit," and Kurt, Kurt Cobain hated the song after a while. And would remove it, try to remove it from the set list as much as he could when yeah. he was on tour because he just didn't like it. And I thought this was funny that uh, she was referring to <laughs> the brand of deodorant that Kurt wore. That by uh, I'm sorry, the brand of deodorant that Kurt's girlfriend wore at yep. the time. Yeah, Toby Vale, uh, who was on a bandmate of. Bikini Kathleen kill, and yep. that's where <laughs> Teen Spirit. Smells Kurt like smells teens. like Teen Spirit. And like, <laughs> and I love that stuff. Yeah, it's just like <clears throat> such as like a like such a stupid joke. Yeah, and then it turns into this you know anthem of the '90s, and it just bloomed from right uh, a joke that he smelled like. <laughs> and then he smelled like a certain deodorant. Yeah, I, mean, I love that kind of stuff. I yeah, love, right. I love reading stories about like that. Kind of like huge things coming from like <laughs> small, you know. This is dopey, idea. quiet, yeah. nerd, you know, kid that doesn't really like girls, and she's kind of making fun of him about, oh, your girlfriend's where's Teen Spirit? You, you smell, smell like, like Teen. Like why do you smell like Teen Spirit, you smell Kurt? Like your girlfriend's yeah. deodorant. Right. <laughs> it becomes, a, you know, the biggest it's just song like of a, all time. One of the yeah, biggest songs of all time. It's basically not even a. It's like not even a real thing. Yeah, it's just kind of a, I don't know. It's like a, like a, uh, I can't even think, like an iconic just thing. It's yeah. even, not even real, you know. It's just, it's like this this amazing, massive kind of 90s anthem. Rolling Stone ranked it number nine on their top 500 songs of all time. Wow. Top 10. I read that. I read that today, too. That's great. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Just out of the gate, it's, it's just, a, you know what I mean, just... Just and the first track too on the album. right out of the gate, right out. And of it gate. wasn't it wasn't supposed they uh, they wanted um, apparently they wanted um, come come as you are to be like the featured single okay. on the album, but <clears throat> smells like Teen Spirit was just so popular that they that they that, that went they couldn't with do it, it. And <laughs> that they couldn't sure. do it. That so uh, originally you know that come as you are was supposed to be the yeah the, the big single from that, but. Teen Spirit just blew up, uh, you know, overnight. Just yeah, like overnight success. It's like videos, and I wonder why our levels are so low. I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just up. I think um, you know bands like uh, you know you could you know obviously you can speak more to this than I can, but you know bands like Nirvana and 
and uh, you know, Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam. They you know they came at the kind of at a huge time in the '90s. Um, you know, you know, there's a lot of a lot of depressing shit kind of went yeah, down the, in the '90s. Kinda, you know? it, it, for sure, <laughs> it, it was kind of. I always liked that you the the art of it and like even I guess there is a picture of Nevermind of of Nirvana inside the the booklet but even Nirvana's albums like In Utero and like Incesticide and it was there was a lot of just it was very a lot of art to it mm-hmm. where you didn't you didn't see their faces you just heard like the sound and it just was it just kind of defines I don't know I think like the most nineties thing I can think of, like the best representation of, of 90s sound to me, I think that, that is, is never mind. It's like, it's almost like the thriller for the 90s. Like there might be a better, I mean, I love maybe even Pearl Jam 10, but I don't know if maybe across the board or it appealed to like everybody the way like Nevermind did. Yeah. I bet you're, I'd be willing to wonder if your, your folks had the Nirvana Nevermind CD. You think they did? Um, uh, prob- probably not. No. You don't think they did? <laughs> uh, probably not. All right. Well, bad. Ex- do you think they had Michael Jackson "Dangerous"? Um, that I don't know. I can't say okay. that. Would but you- I do know that that <laughs> took. Never mind. Took over. Yeah. Dangerous in the top two hundred. And never. And I don't think Michael Jackson was ever on it again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it killed, single-handedly killed hair metal mm-hmm. to the to kind of make, you know, stuff like, oh, that's this stuff is kind of a poison, and you put Motley Crue, I suppose, in that category, just these kind of, you know, greasy, silly, kind of weird, you know, just kind of a token, toyish kind of, kind of hair metal bands were, were done, you yeah. know, after Nirvana Nevermind came out. Yeah. So you're kind of you were reading this book, the Beastie Boys book, in the underground stuff that they originally started doing. I did, yeah. With Sonic Youth and all those people, I think Sonic Youth was the biggest reason that they got on Geffen. They, I th- they were able to. to I th- yeah, they wanted like Kim Gordon and those guys. They Kurt really respected them. I don't know if they really they didn't really talk about that as much in the book. They they talked about how. They were all friends. Yeah. With each other. Like, okay. Like uh, they were all they were very friendly with Kim Gordon and yeah and, uh, and Thurston and and Billy I think Billy Gordon or Billy Corgan Thurst- uh, from Smashing Pumpkins. With Billy Corgan, sure. Billy Corgan. Okay. They all were. They all kind of grew up. You know, uh, grew up together and would go to you know hardcore shows. Yeah. And um, you know, they 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 talk about just their relationships with those people. Right. Um, and then they didn't speak too much about how they record anything with them. But well, it kind of was <clears throat> the eighties post Reagan era yeah. of all these, these underground bands that had this big circuit, mm-hmm. you know, where it's black kind of started with black flag and stuff even all over the country. It was just this underground. Well, it broke. With Nevermind. And in 91 is where it finally like got massive and appealed, not just to these punk kids or these kids that were into indie rock. Yeah. But it just got into the MTV audience. And that's when, uh, and I, I, you know, 
from what I read today, it just <clears throat> it put a spotlight on to you know yeah Pearl Jam and Sound, yeah Sound for Garden sure and all those bands just made were. Seattle the new Liverpool England and, yeah and that's the thing with like Smells Like Teen Spirit is like the there were there were so many other songs like the Pixies had or anybody that that could have been that but weren't that you know like the the gigantic there's so many great tunes maybe in like 89 90 91 but none of them became that like smells like teen spirit why do you well, other, just, you know other than the muse other than you know just the quality of the music what why i don't do you, know why do you think i don't it blew know up so much? i think it's just there were three dudes like kurt cobain like the, the song sounded great but he had blonde hair kind of yeah. looked cool yeah, yeah dave Grohl was real athletic just a badass like mm-hmm. it really the drumming was amazing and it was tight and it, the songs were great. I mean, from track one all the way through. I just think that, that made it kind of appealing to put them on TV. Yeah. You know, at least to the, to like an MTV audience sure. that they, they didn't. I mean, they weren't like, you know, <laughs> who are some 90s guys? That, you know, I don't know. Like they, they weren't like movie kind of star actors, but they just looked kind of cool. Yeah. And there were just three of them. So there was like a minimum kind of thing you could put them on and they kind of did their own thing I, I mean i don't know i can't that's kind of my input so, on it yeah like what you, what about what about nirvana like you know the song that you it, to them that were just the, the, the style i mm-hmm. think just how cool it just the sound how they kind of acted like they really didn't give a shit <laughs> like yeah right. like they didn't shower really yeah they 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 were like i remember they would defend like gay people Mm-hmm. And people of like in people of color and racism, like they were outspoken, like they weren't really outspoken about anything serious, but like we do not want these people at our shows. Yeah, like if you, I mean, did, in fact, track two, which is in Bloom, Bloom, is about it's kind of just a laugh making fun of like, hey, he likes to likes to shoot his gun yeah, and yeah. he likes yeah. to sing along, yeah. but he knows it kind of just yeah. makes fun of. I mean, forgive me for I'm not making fun of my own people, but like middle American white people, essentially. Yeah, it po- you know, it, it, he's like it, it was a quote that I read. He's like uh, Kurt Cobain's like I don't like rednecks. I don't yeah. like macho men. Yeah, and it was kind, kind of ahead of, of its time. Sure, and it was it was almost <laughs> kind of an ironic song too because it it uh it you know so many people liked it because yeah. it was such a catchy song yeah. and like and it was <laughs> like a, he was trying to deter those people yeah. but all those people liked that song yeah. because they could sing to it and listen to it so it's it was, just like they're kind of just kind of joking around yeah you know sell the kids for food <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can have some more <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, like it's yeah. they're just sitting around like screwing off and then it just mm-hmm. becomes like yeah I mean no wonder you just think about that like. No wonder he, how would you do that? If you were just screwing around, if you and me were just sitting here screwing around mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like <laughs> this podcast made us like yeah, the right? most famous people in the world, <laughs> yeah, what would we that? think? Like, that's I mean, not that happens, that's going to happen and not like we're musicians in right. I hear you hear, I feel like you hear so many more, you hear so many more stories about people that, yeah. like that just. Like shit Kirk, Kirk, ha- Kirk, Kirk come save me! Like yeah. I want to talk to you about it. You resonate with me. Just it's like happens. I was just screwing around yeah, writing that. Just shit just happens like, <laughs> accidentally. Like, like you know, you're totally taking this the wrong way. <laughs> and it goes back to the first song. It goes back yeah. to 
Teen Spirit. Kurt smells like Teen Spirit. Talking about she smells like deodorant. Yeah, right. Well, what, just like, Kurt, what message were you trying to send with smells like Teen Spirit? It's like, ah. Well, I don't, I, <laughs> the I joke's really, on you. I didn't really come up with the name. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of, so we got in bloom. Um, I mean, we don't need to go track for track. Let's no, just go through like what what are what are some of the highlights of it for so you? Anything like, that stood out? To, songs that I kind of like, you know, in bloom, you know, you know, catchy song. Yeah, songs like Teen Spirit, obviously. Just the uh, you know the popularity of that song. Um, Come as you are, I really liked. I mean, I've heard these songs before, sure. but you know, it's it's different when you just kind of listen to them. It's different when. You know, we sit down and talk about it, and you kind of listen yeah. to the song and then read about it. it you know, because this is <clears throat> it, it makes it makes it a little more just like it kind of makes it a little more fun for me because you're like learning about it and so watery and yeah, there's just some sort of fluidity to it that sounds so yeah. good. <laughs> it's so good, like it's so catchy, like. <laughs> It's so fun because I thought you know I thought I think I almost like I'm sorry um, in utero I think probably represents more about what Cobain truly was like as an artist but this is incredible like just the no this whole I mean, how tight it, it's just so tight and it's just Butch Big kind of taking control and yeah the, I mean this song and then one that stood out. To me, like lyrically, when I was listening to it, and then I looked it up, you know what they're talking about, which is kind of morbid. But that song, song Polly, Polly yeah, you know, it's about a girl that really was, raped, yeah, yeah. was adu- abducted and you know, yep. eventually raped. Yeah. But just when I was listening to it before I learned anything about it, just listening to it, yeah, that kind of stood out to me. It's like, what, you know, what are they talking about? Yeah, and then I was like, and oh, it's just well, an acoustic, yeah, pretty powerful. Even the acoustic stuff is like really kind of really catchy. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable that they went from they went from Bleach to this. Like sick like this is this is Bleach. Well, this this still kind of sounds like it now. It's, it still sounds like Nirvana. It still sounds a little bit like it's still a great song, but it's just kind of the, the production tell, value totally and just the, the step that they there, took yeah. to like. Yeah. And I don't know if that was, I mean, maybe it's just kudos to Butch Vig for like, well, you can get our, you guys fucking sound. Yeah. Do you think, do you think they're as popular without Butch Vig? Like if they put another album. Yeah, I don't know. Out, album like Bleach. I don't think do they, they would have wanted. Blow up like I don't think they, they would have wanted to. I think they were probably just like, okay, we just made one record. Like we're starving, you know. Like I think they spent everything they could to get to Los Angeles, like basically to drive there. Yeah. You know, like their last dollar to record Nevermind or however they spent on it. Um, in fact, Sub Pop, their label, is very, was very big in Seattle. In fact, now there's a there's a store in SeaTac Airport. But without Nirvana, Nevermind, they would have folded. Like they would have went. They used they made shirts before Nevermind came out that said, (laughs) "Well, no, it said what part of we have no money don't you understand?" (laughs) That was like the the shirts they would sell. Like you know, (laughs) (laughs) like so if people there on their so Nevermind comes out and they're like, "Oh, whatever," you know, hey, you're. 
Geffen bought has never mind. We're going to put the Sub Pop logo on it. You're going to get a dollar for every record it sells or whatever. Yeah. Sold thirty million. Sold thirty million copies. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's just like, well, we didn't even really think anything of it. Okay, this Nevermind album, but like, holy shit! Now here we are, and this, you know, mm-hmm. we they wouldn't have made it without that perfect without Nevermind really happening. Was was this their peak? Was there anything better after this? Oh yeah, in, in, well, in utero, I, in utero I, I had like about a lot, but all apologies, you know, and there's like serve the servants and rape me, but I think and and there's the. There's a lot of people that think, in fact, there was a Ringer article about it, that the quintessential Nirvana album was Unplugged in New York. I, I don't agree. I think Nirvana... That was, yeah. The, pat, the, the, the plugged in electric, I'm always going to prefer. I'm always going to prefer Dave Grohl being able to hammer his drums and, yeah. and the spirit of the band. I mean, I'm just that's just me personally anyways. But I would say this, I mean, it would be hard to argue that this, this, I think is this definitely would be like the peak of like what the best thing they put out. Yeah. I, I love a lot of stuff on in utero, but I think that's just part of the, how passionate, how big of a Beatles fan Kurt was and how much they just respected and loved the Beatles to just like go different directions on every album to, yeah. And that's why it's a bummer that he's, that he's not here is because just to see what would have happened and what kind of music that he, he would have put out or what he would have done, you know, it's kind of the tragedy of it because yeah. of, I mean, he had just the way that they res- respected art and, and this, the, you know, the, the songs and everything, it just would have been really cool to kind of see what happened. Probably would have been probably similar to like Tom Petty, I suppose. You know, the guys, you know, people like that, they're just like, yeah. Uh, just like prisoners to their own mind. Yeah. I guess you could say, I they're suppose just like some kind of, it's a, they just a mad genius that, they have so many demons, but yeah. they can't seem to, you know. Well, that's uh, what we're talking about. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, you're so massive, and you're a you're a twenty twenty year old kid from Aberdeen, Washington. This no, nobody's ever paid attention to you like in your I life. Sh- yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be here. And then all Why of a sudden, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, no wonder they're. I mean, you don't want to give a you know excuse for defend a guy for having a drug addiction or taking his own life but it's like how, how would you handle i mean it's just pretty remarkable that that that's that's what happened you so know? do it's, you do you remember the day yeah oh yeah where, where yeah. were you the day that i happened? was in i was in high school or in 94 i was an eighth grader i remember going down the other side like you know maybe going to band and coming out and i don't remember who said it but some some kids were talking about, or some high schoolers, or some like seniors on the, just said that Kurt Cobain died today or killed himself, and I know you know there's like well I know he was a big drug, but I remember you know kind of being in that in the hallway and kind yeah. of overhearing that and being like man like, and I didn't know I don't think I really started to love Nirvana because I was an eighth grader, but I don't think I really got Nevermind until probably maybe ninety five. When you're maybe a school. year, maybe a year later, when I was a freshman, when I when I I mean I knew what, what all the songs were. I think I really started to truly love it my senior year of college. Understand it more. Yeah, when it really hit, where I could kind of hear the like. Apparently, Cobain had like a uh, chronic stomach pain, so he's in pain all. Well, first off, he probably didn't take great care of himself. I know oh, he I smokes see. cigarettes all the time. To heroin, yeah. Using heroin, yeah. And <clears throat> heroin was was apparently his excuse for the stomach pain would go away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's chronic stomach pain. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, looking back on it, you know, 
I just I can only speak from ex- experience of what I think you know. If you're not healthy, well, change it, do something about it. I, I remember guess. in the in that documentary I watched the, the behind the music I watched, uh, Courtney Love would would always say like he always wanted to just to go and to like oblivion, like he yeah. just wanted to just like not be here. Yeah, like when they would do she she would do it with them. Yeah, they would, they would heroin shoot together. heroin. Yeah, he would just take he would just do so much heroin. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, you know, almost to the point where, yeah, you know, would you know, almost OD. Yeah, but he would do so much of it. And there was a Neil Young, like Neil Young had some great stuff about, you know, I w- he's like, I wish I would have had a better relationship with Kurt because I would have said, you don't have to fucking do this. Yeah, just stop, stop. You don't have to tour. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, you, you know, it's like I just and you retire like, after this. You can stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, after, can, you, you know, don't have to do mind, this. Stop. Just, retire, just stop yeah. being on the road and stop having to be that person and say no to stuff. Like, mm-hmm. who cares about your, you know, your your public, you know, persona or getting out there? It's like you don't have to do this. Like, but he's a kid. I mean, they're all just hell. I'm 38. I'm about to be 39. So I'm 11 years older than it's just. You know, I guess they just have a. They feel like they have a responsibility mm-hmm. to. And I don't think any. You know, you read the stuff about like Dave Grohl and Nova Selix. I think they're Dave's. Like you know, we knew he was, he was a bad shape. Obviously, he was using whatever he was doing using heroin. But he's like, I don't know if. I, he's like, we were so young that I didn't know. What What were we supposed to do at the time? It's kind of like. You know, he's not going to listen to us. You know, what, what are we, you know, we have an intervention. We're, we're huge. Yeah, we're huge. We're huge. Uh, yeah, I mean. We're huge stars. Like, we have to. It's like when you're 23, if somebody was going to, or 24, 25, 26, if somebody was going to try to tell you, like, if, you know, I don't, how would that have gone? Like, yeah, oh, you got to change this. I think, too, at that point, it's like, they're so huge. It's like. And I think he you know, was probably so gone. This this is how he's functioning. And yeah. This is how he has to function. This is how we all have to function yeah. to perform. Like we right. can't we can't not stop now. We're too popular yeah. now. Like he needs to. And it's crazy. Like <clears throat> we need to let him do what he has to do. So Aurora Avenue in Seattle is uh, there's like a big stretch of like hotels just run down. It's just it, I don't know if it's still a shitty shitty stretch, but. There was all these just beat up, terrible, like charged by the hour kind of hotels. And those were always like, apparently were like Kurt Cobain would like escape with like street kind of junkies. Not just the Duff McKagans and Guns N' Roses and those guys. Mm -hmm. It's funny, Jared Nelson just texted me and he's (laughs) the one that I think of when I think like artists in Seattle that were... You know, but it's just that kind of like, and, and it's sad that he has that kind of legacy, you know, and I think he probably wanted to have it by taking his life, but it's just sad that that's the first thing you kind of think about is Kurt Cobain killed himself, committed suicide, shot himself, and not, you know, continuing to make just amazing music, you know, and that it's still a, it's still a tragedy, it's still a bummer, you know, this many years later. Yeah, to a lot of people, like you know, from, from what I kind of researched today, the song um, "On a Plane," he kind of references that in the lyrics, and he, he says he was at a certain stage in his life, which was you know troublesome, and you know he had depression from it, but you know it could be worse. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I guess it goes back to that, like you know what, what I said about 
having that responsibility of being able to, you know, uh, or I, you know, I just sold 30 million records. Like, yeah, uh, but I'm depressed, but you know, I sold 30 million yeah. records. It could be worse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, and there it's got a, just like, there's just so many little Beatles things that I'm on a pl- plane. Uh, like this, <laughs> yeah. that beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It then, sounds so good. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Just how good that sounds. It also, I just thought of a clip of, there's a clip of, uh, in like 92 or so of them playing at the Crocodile Cafe in Seattle, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a tiny club. And they were huge then, you know, they were massive. And, uh, <laughs> and Chris Novoselic, when they come out, just jokes, hi guys, uh, we have t-shirts for sale. <laughs> like just kind of joking around like we're Nirvana. We have t-shirts for sale, you know, That's just kind of those kind of funny thing. And he's still a great Twitter follow. Like he does a lot of funny like really kind of poignant and, and historic. And I thought he had a beautiful tweet yesterday just about, about Kurt's death. Um, I don't know. I don't need to pull that up, but it, no, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's cool that they are still kind of, uh, that Chris and, and Dave still are, are very much. So there's a, him. so there's a picture. Somebody in Nirvana did this happy birthday, Kurt, mm. when he's kind of young, probably 88, 89. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Novoselic says, I still have both of those records and a heart full of great memories with a friend. Saying, I still have both of the records in that picture. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, to That's go cool. back to, you know, he's just a, That's live, a, a, a Pacific Northwesterner that probably is a big Seahawks fan, you know. And then the crazy thing is what ha- like, Dave Grohl could have stopped with that, with just Nirvana, and he would have been... yeah. Like, he was in fucking Nirvana. Like, he was a drummer for Nirvana. Like, what more could this guy do? And, and the crazy th- another crazy part is he he was going to be... Tom Petty offered him the spot to be the drummer in the Heartbreakers. Really? Offered Dave... Offered Grohl. So he took some time and just thought, ah. Eh. But he's like, I have these songs. I do it myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. He's I like, I, I have these songs I'm excited about, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I've written, that I've had. Yeah. A lot of them were with Kurt, that he, he played with Kurt. And that was the first Foo Fighters album in 95. You know, the, the I stick around, like all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I think I'm just going to go. And he's like, am I a fucking idiot for turning down Tom Petty to start my stupid Foo Fighters Probably band? Probably not, no. <laughs> and then just looking back now, it's just <laughs> yeah. crazy. It's insane, yeah. Because this That's is like... Amazing the body of work from that and it just kind of all started with this kind of perfect storm mm-hmm. of, of of never mind you know so i love it man i mean i'm i'm ex- I, I could talk about this for six hours um what what um <laughs> who so who owns the, the catalog because i remember um i guess a few years ago there was kind of a legal battle between dave grohl and courtney love about who would own the rights to the catalog of songs and i don't I think Courtney Love. Courtney Love. I think the family might have, in might have Francis that. Francis Bean. I, I I read a thing recently that said she gets ninety five thousand dollars a month. Jesus Christ! <laughs> from really? Dave Gro- from Cobain's thing. I, I don't. Or I'm sorry, not a month. Um, a year. It's a. I think she gets ninety five thousand dollars a year, just off of some kind of royalties. It might be, dude. It might be a month. I think she gets really? ninety. I'd, I'd have to look it up. Some one or the other. I mean, either one is. I would think a year. I maybe. thought it was. 
how would you make that? Does Jay Z even make that much money a month? Probably. Or we Jay Z probably, probably does. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I can't remember what it was, but I think the family. Yeah, because there used to be big time battles with with Kurt and uh, or I'm sorry with Dave Grohl and and Courtney Love because Courtney Love, I don't know just the gist of it, but she wanted to just release all this stuff, and she all ended this, up like, doing it. His underground journals. Like, well, his oh, journals he had, stuff, he released, yeah. and that was an actual book. And like that was a movie. That was a movie on HBO. Yeah, that, that movie on HBO. Yeah, recently, like that came out a few years, a couple ago. years ago. I remember watching that. It's I pretty I amazing. Have, I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in so long, but there's some have. amazing stuff on there. Um, well, you see him even kind of a mess around his kid, like start to fall asleep. He's like, Kurt, wake up! It's like, oh my god. Yeah, like, just like those home videos and stuff. Yeah. So what really wanted to release just all this stuff and there was the box set, you know, that came out in like 2003 or four that I, I remember when that happened, I picked that up, just amazing. But those are all things that I think the guys that to Chris and to Dave that knew him best were like, he don't do this. He don't want yeah, this. Just like don't profit. Off don't of profit. It. Yeah, exactly. And like, I've got Kurt Cobain Converse shoes, like Chuck Taylor's and it's yeah. just like, <laughs> The guy's rolling over in his grave about these, like, Chuck, these Taylor Chuck Taylor shoes, shoes you know, yeah, like, sure. you know, and that's where, and I think somehow they settled because when they were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014, I think she was there and they like hugged and talked about each other mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Not to mention the whole album Celebrity Skin is incredible. I mean, whole, the 90, I think it's like 98 or so it came out it is awesome. Anyways, um... But I think she and the family and, and Francis, it must be 95000 a year. I think she gets a, a royalty check. Okay. It's like in her name. So there's still some good coin. So, yeah, I, I remember that when that was all going down. Some yeah, I remember battles. that in the news, yeah. Some battles. Well, what, so what are, your, what, are your top, what are your top three songs? Uh, top three? I, I think to me this is the, if I had to pick, now that I'm, now that I'm older, I, I can pick. Um, I mean, to me, it, it, I love it from start to finish. It's kind of what I miss about having a CD that, you know, that back in the day, it's like, oh, that's a CD you can just put in and let run. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have always really liked um, Breed. I like that song, too. We can plant a house. We can build a tree. <laughs> I've always thought it's just I just had, it's so I took, kick-ass. I wrote, down the, I wrote down this quote about Breed that Kurt Cobain said. It says, he said, getting, it, getting into middle America, marrying at age 18, getting pregnant, stuck with a baby, and not wanting it. Yeah. And he's like, that's pretty much something yeah. Breed, yeah. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Kill it yourself. I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind. Um, I've always really loved Lounge Act. Okay. And shout out Cousin Chris if he's listening, because Chris, this is his favorite Lounge Act. But I love the beginning. You hear him like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Truth, got this friend you see. I would say that would be. And then as I've gotten older, I've really loved, well, actually, Lithium, I would say, is probably my favorite song off Nevermind. Okay. For the, as long, I mean, I think I remember this was my favorite tune in high school from, from Nirvana. But as I've gotten older, I've really loved Come As You Are. I just, I mean, every song on here, it's, it's just crazy that these guys put this together. And Lithium's like four minutes long, so it's kind of a longer tune. I had that down as one of my, like, <laughs> it's one just of my like top the, five. 
The first, the, I think the first, the first six songs are just bangers. Just the first Kelly Clarkson. When I was listening to it, when I was listening to it today, it's like the first, the, you know, those first six songs. Yeah, back they're to just, back to back. just they're bangers. Like, they're good songs. <laughs> just yeah. like wow. They're they definitely get your attention. Yeah. That's actually huge. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I just I. Yeah, just just there's just little mo- like little things like that that make it that made it possible for me to like oh wait listen to and then listen to. I the also kind of like the last song, "Endless Nameless." Yeah, or the crazy not, where they don't. It's not a name of a song. It's just yeah, they just just like going this huge yeah. riff, and I was yeah. like, oh, this is literally endless nameless. And th- I never really heard this until recently because this was supposed to be a. They released. I think the first like couple years that they released CDs, this was on it. It was a hidden track. Did you fired up? Right he now, loves so. it. <laughs> he loves it. And then I think after like '96 or there was a certain date where the albums that they pressed didn't have this on it. Didn't have endless names. I just liked it because it was literally, it was literally endless, endless names. names. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like seven minutes endless. long. It's <laughs> right. seven minutes nameless. long, and they just like pour it, and they just yeah. play and scream, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's literally endless nameless. <laughs> but this is very much, this is very much kind of how in utero is and incesticide. So just when real kind of sludgy. And when was their last? When was their last album as a? Well, 94, 94 was in right. utero. 94 yep. was, okay. In utero was so the last kind of full. Um, so did but they, they, but did they, so I didn't read, the, I didn't look this up, but did they come, did, did they come out, you know, after Nevermind with like two other albums, like so 92 or 93? This was not, well, it says 93. Huh, I didn't know. So it was, did it come 92, 93? It, well, like in, in utero, cranked, I saw it. I was, cranked them out. Yeah, and then Incesticide. What, but incesticide was more like just random stuff they had, I think, to to kind of like... They, they must have had a... Yeah, so incesticide was 92 because with on Geffen, I think they had a contract to release like five albums or something. Okay. So they put this out because this was just like some live stuff and some random stuff like Mexican seafood is kind of a... Aero Zeppelin <laughs> okay. is on there. Um, and then in utero came out in uh yeah was was the last the last album then they did the unplug thing in 94 and then you know two months later he was dead so yeah in utero is amazing in utero is i mean it's it's got so jeez man they're deaf you know in in utero and never mind they're they're top basically two. their they're, main and their top two albums yeah i, I mean you, you there's some unless you're like dudes. you know unless you're if we ask jared nelson yeah. his favorite he'd say bleach yeah or in utero or, love, in, like in, the avant-garde yeah. artsy guys would to, love to guy to guys sure. like me that don't really know but they know sure but know. i just think how can you how can you fuck with never mind like i, I don't honestly yeah I mean, <laughs> how can you just it's just from start to finish of just we're t- and I don't, whatever no, just mass appeal. I mean, it's the thriller of the '90s. Yeah. to me, this is th- my thriller. Is, is I, that, never I mind. like that. I like oh, that's a good. Yeah, I think that's a good. I like the way you described. I've that. always I thought like that that, that yeah. this. If you were gonna, add, I mean, obviously Pearl Jam is my favorite band. You know, one of my favorite things in the world. But it's like I, I mean, <laughs> ten. I, I don't know. I mean, I love ten, but I like I don't. Would I say 10 is better than Nevermind? I don't know if I would. And I'm about the biggest Pearl Jam fan on the planet. I don't know if I've ever really said that until now or even thought of it. 
Just thinking about it. I don't yeah. know. I, I think Nevermind as an album is probably better than 10. And my favorite song of all time is on 10. On 10. But Which I, is what? Which release, release. The end of it. Yeah, Release okay. is, has always had a special. It always has hit me. But, I mean, I, what albums are better than Nevermind out there if I had to think of? <laughs> I can't think of one right now just because we've been talking about it. That, yeah. So, I mean, I, I love it. I well, love it. Uh, um. You know, I like I like doing this. I think, you know, this when we do these things, it's it's fun. I think it's fun for me to one because I don't I don't know a ton about music, and I always like to learn more about yeah. music and learn new you know new songs and find new songs. So I like to be able to like you know listen to them and uh, you know take notes and learn about them. Yeah, so it's this great. Was, man. This was fun, um, and it's also just with the way even like. The culture now, the '90s has come so hard into the style and fashion. Everything and sound. comes back. It's, it's coming just back fun around. to yeah. talk about. For like sure. to, to me, this is as '90s as, as it gets. Is yeah. Nirvana, never mind. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to, yeah, man. Yeah, it was. It was this was fun. Yeah, cool, man. Any it. any other final thoughts? Um, no, man. Uh, I think you. You pretty much said it all yeah. for both. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't mean to. Yeah. I knew I was. I know. I was sitting there at my desk today, like, I, I holy shit! Sort of, I'm finally gonna. I was hoping. I was hoping for this, dude. I was <laughs> yeah, hoping okay. to get you like into it. Appreciate. I know. It. Yeah, I love it, man. I yeah. get. I could get. Uh, uh, you know, it's I'm happy to special. I'm just happy to sit here and, and kind of contribute what I, I can. I, I can know tell you, you one of the most special moments I had when I first moved to Seattle was his deaths. 10-year anniversary in April 1994, I went to the house. There was an event, just kind of a subtle... His event. MTV his house actually where he... was there for like a day. So there was... A, so where his house was along Lake Washington, the house where he shot, where he killed himself in, yeah. in the greenhouse or whatever, the side house, a bunch of people at the 10-year anniversary went to the house because it was like a, like, a, like a yard and then two benches. And I went there for that. On and I used to go there a lot, actually. But there for the ten year, there was people everywhere. It was like this beautiful thing. Like everybody, and I think I went by myself, or maybe that Jared dude might have gone with me. I remember that the, that classic uh, MTV News clip when they Kurt kind of, Loder they break yeah. in with Kurt Loder, yeah. and it's like Kurt Cobain has died today. Yeah, Kurt Cobain has shot himself at twenty seven years old. But I can remember rolling into that. His, the house and kind of sitting there. People were playing like acoustic guitars and just hanging out. It was like a really kind of peaceful, kind of a celebration moment. Yeah, celebration it was just kind of cool of to be there to people. And, and the two benches that were there had you know people wrote stuff on it. I remember I, I took a permanent marker and wrote "What else should I be?" You know, for the all apologies lyric and nice. Just remember always like, and I could always find that anytime I'd go back. I don't know. Well, if that's cool, man. That's really there, cool. We can. Yeah, we man. It's. I, I mean, the crazy thing, I, I, I don't know if I moved to Seattle without stuff like this. Like, this is what I had in my head when I made the trip out there. Yeah, this is, was this this is how... This is yeah. Nirvana, never mind. Most, you know? I'm sure. And, <laughs> and everyone in your generation probably thought the same thing. Yeah, you know? well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know if they all... Well, but I remember... Know, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. People, well, people like yourself from your generation if we like, go to, this is why... It'd be fun to go to Easy Street Records, where I'd always used to go. And, and and ask you know like what what was what was the beast? I mean I, I don't what was the what is the most Seattle album? You know I, I mean I'm sure there's 
purists or people that, but to me, it's 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 never mind. Just because it put it on the map, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gave them a chance to have a business. It it gave uh, it, it put the city on the map. It really did, man. Yeah. I didn't think of Seattle as like the Seahawks or as anything else. I thought of it as like the place where. And I think most people this dropped. Most people do. Yeah, for sure. That don't live in Seattle, they, for you know, sure. They think of it. They think of. I think of grunge. Yeah. Well, I hope he's resting in peace. However, you know, I hope he's whatever it is or whatever the afterlife is. I hope he's had some. His soul is is peace and you know. Anyways. Yeah. Rest rest in peace, you Kurt Cobain. Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. It's good pod, man. We got forty eight minutes. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, hopefully next time we record, Bryce Harper will be a Philly. That's, that's it. That's for another podcast. It's a teaser. That's for another podcast. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks, guys.